you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with the Gun Show. This is episode 336. This week, commentary on the power of faith in a crisis. We're going to talk about the sister who stopped an active gunman in Decatur, Georgia. Interview with the producers of Infringe, the movie, a new Second Amendment documentary. I got a chance to talk to a gubernatorial hopeful and now a new friend, Charles Lawler, USMC. Movie review, Lee Daniels, the butler. You know, there's a new cigar lounge opening in Gambrills, Maryland. I want to encourage you to live your dreams. I'm going to share something I told my son just the other day. And we got a question of the week. All this and more coming up next. This is the podcast for the cool people in the gun community. I talk about and to newsmakers, producers, and things that matter to law-abiding, fun-loving gun owners like you. I love America, the freedom, the music, the people like you and me. I know what you're going through. I'm your friend and brother from another mother. Encouraging and trusted content from the guy known around the world as the black man with a gun. This is what cool sounds like. I'm Ken Blanchard, and welcome to the Black Man with a Gun Show. All right, here we are again. Episode 336 of your favorite righteous podcast. You know, you don't have to score every day or every play. Just advance the ball a little further. We're going to bring John Wayne in for the Pledge of Allegiance and get on with the episode. We got some good stuff today. If you like the show, please tell somebody. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, what a week it was. I mean, it was like everything happening. There's fighting in the Middle East again. There's active shooter again. There was just mayhem all over the place. How you doing? Love to hear from you. My Facebook page is Black Man with a Gun 1, or you can email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com and just tell me what's up with you. I met a guy who's running for governor of the state of Maryland. Too cool for school. For real. Had lunch with a state senator and a guy that used to be on America's Most Wanted. Really good guy. Went on a job interview. Mm-hmm. The jury's still out on that one. But I'm happy right now. And that's a scary thing, actually. And I'm making, making inroads. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And that's what I'm talking about today. Doing what you're supposed to do. First up, let's talk to gubernatorial candidate Charles Lawler. Mr. Charles Lawler, welcome to the show. Ken, thank you so much for having me, brother. It really is an honor to be on your program. Um, everything you've done, the community across the really across the nation with this station has been incredible, brother. I'm just grateful to be here with you. Man, tell me about what you're about to do. Well, what we're doing is we're embarking upon a run for, for governor in the state of Maryland. We 
we believe that uh, now is the time, in fact, the best time, to really begin to introduce Maryland to an issues-oriented campaign that hopefully is as void as possible of partisan politics, race separating, gender separating. Maryland is in such a state right now, Ken, with the excess taxes. We're losing manufacturing jobs at the rapid rate. We've lost almost 33% of our, of our manufacturing jobs over the past nine and a half, ten years. Unemployment is absolutely terrible. We had a governor here in the state of Maryland that made a bold statement that 99% of the jobs since 2008 have been recovered in Maryland, which is an absolute mistruth. The unemployment rate, for example, according to the Department of Labor here in Maryland, Maryland's Department of Labor has unemployment at 3.6% in 2008 in January. It is now at 7.5% currently today. So how we retrieve 99% of the uh, jobs we lost, but yet we've doubled unemployment over the past four years on his watch is beyond me. We need to we need to have an issues oriented campaign and focus and debate in Maryland that brings people together, that helps people in Baltimore City and Prince George's County to have unemployment upwards of 11.3, 11.4%, the highest in the nation. We need to get people working, stop pushing jobs out of this state, and really be serious about Maryland's economy. Uh, with the business background and the military background and the nonprofit background that we have and that our team has, we really believe that we can be a significant answer uh, for the state of Maryland. Military business nonprofit. So who is Charles Lawler? <laughs> Charles Lawler is a Christian brother um, who loves the Lord Jesus Christ, the father of four daughters, uh, the husband of Rosha. Uh, that that time to find Charles on a daily basis. Uh, at least those are, those are the ones that, that keep me gainfully employed and tell me what to do from time to time, if not every day. Um, I've been in business for 16, uh, almost 17 years. I'm, I've been an executive with Centos Corporation for almost eight years. And um, before that, I worked for UPS, uh, United Parcel Service, right out of college. I went to work, I went to, to, to I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, back in 90, absolutely, back in 97. And I've been a Marine officer uh, through going through Quantico for the past uh, 15, 16 years. Uh, as, a, as an infantry officer, I led one of the first units with 3rd Battalion, 8th Marines in the Kosovo in 1999 um, with uh, combat experience and um, came back and, and, and ran an operation for, at Fort Gillum uh, at the military interest processing station, swearing in over... 95, 100,000 uh, young men and women in all branches of service. And um, I just finished the stint with the, uh, with the United States CENTCOM in the Pentagon as an intelligence officer operations and working for joint plans and the joint chiefs of staff. So um, I've, I've started two nonprofit businesses, so I understand P&L. And as a private business executive with CENTOS Corporation, uh, you got to know that not only do I understand how to balance budgets, but also understand how to return revenues after after those profits and, and back into the hands of my shareholders to make sure they receive dividend checks. Charles Lawler defines success when it comes to budgeting, not necessarily based upon balancing a budget. To me, it doesn't stop there. Now, not only do you have to balance a budget, but you need to return taxpayers' dollars back into the hands of the citizens that have paid those dollars. Every legal Maryland citizen has a right to the money they sent to Annapolis if we don't spend it correctly or if we have what is left over. It should not just go into slush funds waiting around to be spent. It's time to run Maryland business the way it should be run 
um, like a private business because the money that we're investing comes from taxpayers. It's not money we deserve. It's money that they voluntarily give, according to the Constitution, for the establishment and maintenance of Maryland government. We ought to do nothing more than just that and nothing less than returning money back to taxpayers. Outstanding, dude. Outstanding. How can we help? How can we help you make it to the governorship? Oh, brother, uh, first and foremost, Ken, I, I, I know a lot of folks aren't advocates of this, but I, love, I, I solicit prayers. This is going to be a huge undertaking. Maryland has been um, majority Democrat rule for a long time, and I'm trying to get people across the aisles, regardless of their party affiliation, to realize and recognize that we have more in common than what separates us. One, one, one advantage we have, Ken, of being in the military and serving the Marine Corps is we know that our enemies, our real enemies, aren't on, and, and in most cases, are not on. On, uh, on our soil. They're, they're in foreign countries that don't like freedom and don't like what the United States of America represents. We have a too much divisiveness. We need people to really come together and understand that we have more in common together regardless of party affiliation. Number two, if uh, people can know that we're, we're, we've got a huge announcement tour, Ken, coming up in September. It's going to be September 3rd through the 5th. You're actually getting the uh, actual word from me, the first outlet, to actually get the, the direct word from me, not speculation, but this is actual facts. From third, from the 3rd through the 5th of September, we're going to be traveling around the entire state of Maryland, giving a formal announcement of our intentions to seek the office of the governorship here in the state of Maryland. On the 5th of September, we're having a huge, huge a fundraiser where we're asking people from across the country and across our state to call in and go onto our website, which is um, AchieveTheDream.com or Charles Lawler for Governor, the number four, Charles Lawler for Governor.com, and literally uh, give $62 for the 62nd Governor of Maryland, which we believe is going to be Charles Lawler. And we're hoping to raise uh, obviously significant funds. It's going to be our initial entry into this race. And, of course, everybody follows numbers. We know it's going to take $13 million to win. And, of course, I know Rosha, my, my wife, and my four girls don't have $13 million. But I guarantee if everybody does something, if we have a million Americans simply give a dollar, let alone $62, we'll exceed our goal. If we can get people to go to our website uh, to look us up, Charles Lawler, like dollar except with an L, L-O-L-L-A-R, and help us out on September the 5th and just give something toward this money bomb for as an initial offering to this campaign for governor here in Maryland, I think people will be amazed what we can do. We've run the numbers. We, we appreciate your investment, but this is not just an investment you're throwing away. This is going to be an investment that you and your listeners can be proud to know that it's going to be significant in winning the governorship. And then finally, after this announcement from the 3rd to the 5th and our tour, please continue to, to, to follow us and, and, uh, and, and let us know how you can help. Maybe you want us to come to your state and have a fundraiser for us. We'd love to do that. We're going to travel inside the state and outside the state. Can we realize about 5 to $6 million of this money we know can come from the state of Maryland? But we're going to need help for the, for, the, for the rest of it. Right now, Democrats have outraised us probably 9, if not 10 to 1. When I ran against Penny Hoyer, who was the majority leader, he helped spend me almost five to one, and we still raised uh, uh, just over $600,000 in a race that people did not think we could win. We can win this one, and uh, we just want people to get on board. Check us out at Charles Lawler for the number four uh, governor, um, dot com or AchieveTheDream.com. And um, look our information up. Uh, send us what you can, and keep us in your prayers. Man, you motivated a mess out of me. I'm in here having, I got chills. <laughs> 
I ain't, I ain't lying either. I ain't just trying to blow smoke up your butt. I'm, I'm talking seriously. This is this is the real deal, dude. Sixty two is like one of my oh, favorite, brother, thank favorite, you, favorite numbers as well. <laughs> thank you so much, brother. That, that means a lot to me, especially coming from you, brother. I, I just, my wife and I, I'll be honest with you. We've been in prayer about this for for the past sixteen months. Uh, initially, we didn't want to do it. My wife, of course, and my girls didn't want to do it. They don't like politics. I don't have the typical family that likes the, <laughs> the limelight. They don't like the limelight at all. Yeah, they don't like the limelight at all. Yeah, man. No, no, they, they'd rather they'd rather us uh, get a private cabin somewhere and just live our private lives. But one thing I told them is, you know, Marines, we don't run. And if we hope to save our state, if we hope to save our country, we have to do it one community, one county, one state at a time. We cannot allow uh, the divisive spirits out there that come through these terrible, terrible policies that we are witnessing that strips Americans' freedoms away. We just can't sit by idly and say, well, you know what, we're, gonna ha- we're not going to do anything. The only way that... Evil can prevail is when good people do nothing. And I told my girls, if I'm going to believe that, if I'm going to stand by that as your father, as your as your mom's husband, and as a Marine officer, then at some point we have to take a stand for our state and for our country. And for us, this is where we stand. It's where we draw the line. We're not backing up. I took an oath, Ken, just like you did, that we would that we would secure not just our nation, but um, that we would make sure that whether the enemy is foreign or, or domestic, domestic, yeah, man, absolutely foreign or domestic, that we would take a stand and secure and keep our country. And this is our this is our stand. All right, dude. Thank you so much, dude. I'm, I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna plaster your stuff on every site I got. Thank you so much, brother. Please, if you can help make it go viral and let, let your listeners know what you have so many out there that think and love freedom the same way we do, it will be very much appreciated, brother. Thank you so much. Man, thank you so much. And we'll be in touch. I hope so, brother. Thank hope, you. Hope, hope to follow you around the state myself, actually. <laughs> you got it, brother. You got it. In fact, if you want to, of course, of course, you have an open invitation to, to be on the bus tour. We'll feed you. We'll lodge you for three to four days. You'll have nothing but fun, and it won't cost you a pity. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you, man. Yes, sir. You're welcome, bro. You might not know us, but I really, really like that dude. Check him out for yourself at draftcharleslawler.com. And there are sites or there are links to it on the website. Crossbreedholsters.com. Often imitated, never duplicated. Handcrafted in the USA. Home of the lifetime warranty and a try-it-free guarantee. Crossbreedholsters.com. Question of the week. All right, everything that is legal isn't right. There's a man in Texas that carried an AR-15 into Walmart the other day. Now, I understand to support and bring attention to the disparities of open carry in Texas. And I got a link to it on blackmanwithagun.com. You can check out the story and the video. And in that video, it seemed like what he wanted to do, he accomplished. But over the newswire and in print media, it was a fail to me. Unless he was trying to gain attention to himself or to maybe for his church, he did very little in winning the hearts and minds of the uninitiated. I think if I did this, I'd have been shot by a Houston SWAT. It might have been legal, but it wasn't right. Now, you know me. I support freedom. I believe in the right to keep and bear arms. I even support open carry. I also believe there's a place and a time for everything. And through experience, I've learned that arrogance and pride are the reasons most men do stupid things. To paraphrase my stepfather, 
Don't write a check your butt can't cash. In this overly stimulated, critical, and sensitive society we live in, what one does in our community affects us all. So before you act on your passion, because you got the right to do so, before you do it, could you just ask a couple of other people if what you're about to do sounds sane for the good of us all? Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. I'm asking you in this question of the week, what do you think? Am I too hard on the pastor? His name is uh, Terry Holcomb Sr. He's a pastor of San Jacinto County and a staunch advocate of the Second Amendment. What do you think? What should he have done? Let me know on the show notes at blackmanwithagun.com or at Facebook at blackmanwithagun1. Thanks. One of the best movies I've seen this year is called Lee Daniels, The Butler. Now, the tenuous topic of race in the United States seems to have made it to Hollywood. There seems to be a host of movies now depicting parts of this negative history. Since Barack Obama became the 42nd president of the United States, race has been mentioned, questioned, used, and abused. I wonder if we're not actually regressing as a people. Well, the movie's out this week, and it depicts the entire 20th century in one family as it struggled from the 1920s. It should be shown as a part of American history in school. Lee Daniels' The Butler is a 2013 American historical drama film directed by Lee Daniels, written by Danny Strong, and features an ensemble cast. What made the movie interesting was the appearances of well-known stars depicting caricatures of U.S. presidents and the perseverance of one son that survived every horrific event of the civil rights era long enough to make it into Congress. I watched the lady to the right of me in the theater weep during some of the parts of the story as I, too, remember the people and events I had seen firsthand since 1962. My mother said there were some parts she had to turn her head away when I talked about it with her. I heard the director is famous for milking the emotion out of an actor, and I think he did an excellent job mixing history with his story. This is one of those movies I will buy, and I might even watch it again in the theater before it leaves. I lived actually three houses from a real White House butler and even cut his grass growing up. Didn't know any of that stuff was going on. I have lived long enough to remember how it felt when mobs burned Washington, D.C., when the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense and Justice was trying to do before it imploded, when disco started, when house parties were for adults, when my parents made us sandwiches so we didn't see the remnants of Jim Crow, the talk of Martin Luther King Jr. from a stepfather that was injured by the police, the debate in my household about Malcolm X, the polarity of the churches, the Vietnam War, seeing my stepfather's best friend celebrated for going into the army and then celebrated when his return and he came back home with one leg. I remember the Reagan years. I was actually in the Marines then. I shook President Reagan's hand myself after a standing post outside his room. The movie is more like a scrapbook of memories of where we have come from. It's a reminder of the struggle that too many of us don't honor or rise above. You know, it's hard to go forward when we keep our eyes in the rearview mirror. One day we will all be free. I like this movie. I recommend it. If you get a chance, check it out. And then, if you can, find a place with some really cool people and talk about it. The exchange will do us all well. (laughs) 
One of the features of my show that not everybody agrees with is my cigar of the week. There is no question that smoking can be and is detrimental to your health, just like drinking alcoholic beverages or dipping snuff. What draws me to it, though, is the social aspect of smoking a cigar. Whenever cigar smokers are in a business meeting, they always patiently look forward to the completing the evening with a fine cigar. For the most part, cigar smokers are not addicts. If the meeting goes long or no one will join us, we usually skip the smoking part. It's a avocation, a hobby in the quest to find a better cigar. And that's why I have it on this show. If I was going to wine and dine my wife or be around people that don't like cigars, not a problem. The older I get, though, the more social I become. I automatically like the people that enjoy cigars. They're usually into business, thinkers, open-minded, and positive people. And that I like being around. Social attitudes have changed regarding cigarette smoking dramatically. Watching those poor souls huddle together like pariahs outside of government buildings is never cool. In contrast, cigar smoking is, uh, in relative matter, very low in acidity when compared to cigarettes. There is some major differences between the two. Suffice it to say that abuse of any product can cause health problems. In the old movies that I watch, it's always the tycoon, the banker, the businessman, and the gangster that smoke the cigar. Today, I see it as a gathering place for business-minded people that I don't see anywhere else. It's entirely social. It's usually men, although there are some women there. My wife reminded me that where men are, women will be soon after, and not all of them are there for smoking. I found that places where you can smoke a cigar have become such a meeting place. It's quieter than sports bars where conversations can happen. The last time I was at Titan Cigar, I met um, a financial planner and a sports agent. Another time I met a listener of the show who asked my opinion on starting his new training business in Annapolis. Now I just discovered a really nice place in Gambrose, Maryland, behind the Blue Dolphin restaurant called Aphelion. Now, Aphelion is a Greek word. means the point of the orbit of a celestial body that is farthest from the sun. Now, the owner, James L. Price Jr., says it's the furthest place from the heat and stress of the day. This is a sanctuary, a social place. I have the address on the website, so look forward at episode number 336. Now, what's cool is that I know the owner. He's the owner of a personal computer repair shop that used to be right down the street from my house. And it was there until it flooded and his business went under with the water. Now, he's building this place. If it, I didn't have family like I do, it'd be a hangout spot for me for sure. Affilioncigar.com A-P-H-E-L-I-O-N Cigar.com Check it out if you're in the Maryland area. I highly recommend it. It's going to be the spot to be. This portion of the show has been sponsored by ErgoGrips.net. Small arms accessories built for high performance and control. Shooter focused. ErgoGrips.net. All right, this week I got a chance to talk to some filmmakers from Connecticut. Pete Gould, executive producer and director, Jennifer Lawson, and uh, Gary Thoreau and Frank Petrelli. I didn't actually talk to, but Pete Gould and Jen are on this interview 
talking about Infringed, the movie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. You guys have got an interesting project coming up. Can you tell me about it? Sure. Um, well, I'm Peter Gould, and I'm the executive producer and director of a documentary that is in, uh, in work now called Infringed, Second Amendment and the Crosshairs. And it's intended to address the attacks on the Second Amendment that we've seen over, uh, well, it's been going on for a while, but obviously accelerating in the last few years. And to explain to the public how tightly the Second Amendment is bound to the foundation of the country, that it's not just about carrying guns, that it's about fundamental rights of all Americans. All right, cool. Where are you guys out of? Shelton, Connecticut. So after the Newtown shootings and everybody's focus on Newtown, making it a huge deal, what's this going to do for you guys? Well, uh, the the response to Newtown was really what got our attention in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we both shoot. Um, I've been shooting uh, all my life. First learned to use a twenty-two bolt action rifle when I was a 12-year-old kid in summer camp. And uh, Jen is a shooting instructor and a defensive tactics instructor. And as we watched what our state is doing to the Second Amendment, we're realizing it has a huge impact on everybody, on us personally, um, on the on the viability of continuing to live in this state. If you uh, either enjoy the shooting sports or believe in carrying a firearm for uh, self-defense and don't want to feel marginalized. Well, in Newtown made a wave across the country. Other states are... Uh are being affected as well. And we, we want to be a part of stopping that wave as best we can. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it works. As a defensive instructor, have, has your job changed? Has people's perceptions changed for you? Uh, well, there's a uh, quite a flood of people interested in getting permits right now, which is uh, quite amusing. Uh, it seems to be throughout the country. Uh, everyone's jumping to to get the permit as opposed to the, the government seems to be making such an effort to slow that down. It's having a reverse effect. <laughs> yeah, I see that too. Mm-hmm. What's going to be the really crux the, of this film? What's going to make it pop? I mean, especially that you guys are bringing to it. Well, what a lot of documentaries usually do is they put a parade of talking heads on the screen and some facts and figures and uh, uh, statistics and maybe some pans and scans of old photographs and put a music track under it. We're not trying to do that. What we're trying to do is approach this at a very high level, start out with uh, period recreations of the passage of the Bill of Rights and try and really get the viewer into the heads of the founders. Remember, these were people who had fled from a monarchy where they were subjects of the crown. They were owned. They were, the word subject means you are subject to the ownership of the king. He can do whatever, whatever he wants with you. And when they came here, their, their goal was to establish a society where that could never be possible again. So you can't really explain that by explaining it. You really have to show it. So um, some of the experts that we've chosen for the panel that, that will develop the, the uh, foundation for the film mm-hmm. give us the actual mindset of the founders that you can find not just through what they wrote in the Bill of Rights and in the Constitution, but their personal writings, articles they published at the time, 
um, diaries that they kept, correspondence that they uh, were involved in, and all of this material is still available. So you get to understand what was the mindset of somebody who would write that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not just what do those words mean to us, what did they mean to the people who wrote them? And we want the audience to understand at a gut level what that means, not just to have the kind of understanding you'd have if you went to a class and learned the dates and the names and the, and the places. We want you to understand at a foundational, emotional level what this means and what the loss of it would mean. Oh, that's that's going to be crucial. And you guys are not making just a YouTube video either, are you? No, no. This is intended to be a theatrical piece. Any length that you know is going? how long it's going to be right now? Any idea? Uh, um, we're going to be somewhere between 90 minutes and two hours. Uh, exactly where it comes uh, to is going to depend on the, the way the interviews go, um, uh, the way some of the recreations are done, and, and the, the, really the interviews drive it all because these are the, the, um, uh, the premier experts in the world in the Constitution and the Second Amendment that we're interviewing. So really what, we have a sense of what the uh, documentary will say, but we won't know 100% until we've heard on screen from them. All right. So how can we find you on the web so we can get like peeks of your stuff and keep up with you guys? Uh, we're on the web at uh, infringethemovie.com. We also have a Facebook page, which is uh, also facebook.com at infringe, infringe the movie. Um, where else are we? Uh, well, we have a Kickstarter project that will be opening soon. It oh, hasn't it, it hasn't <laughs> launched yet. And that's that's the other thing is the, the movie is going to be funded through Kickstarter. It's a grassroots effort. One of the things that we thought was really important is that the, the, um, the, the foundation behind the film has to come from Americans, not corporations, not special interest groups. We don't want somebody later on able to discount the movie's message by saying, uh, well, the NRA was behind it or the, this association or that foundation was behind it. So really, this is their work. It's not. We're independent filmmakers. We know we're on to a major issue here. And the more people we talk to, the more we understand how important it is and how many people it's important to. So the Kickstarter funding means that this is being funded and backed from across the nation, not from some uh, group. But anyway, once the Kickstarter project is open, it can be linked to from the website, from infringethemovie.com. It'll be right there on the page. Click on the icon, you'll go right to Kickstarter, and you can put in anywhere from $10 to $10,000 to back the movie. Um, uh, we also have uh, a YouTube site, uh, and we're starting to put videos on the YouTube site. We have a uh, site visit coming up uh, in Virginia, uh, where we'll be starting to do site surveys for some of the locations for the period recreation pieces. Uh, that will be going up on our site as soon as we've done it. Um, so we're really ramping up efforts across the board to uh, to get this kicked off. So about next year this time, we'll be having a, a grand premiere, right? Yes, sir. That's the idea. Well, good stuff, Pete. Thank you guys for, for coming on. I'm going to help you spread the word as much as I can. And, we appreciate uh, it, Ken. Whenever you got something that's tasty and new, make sure you send it to <laughs> me so I can like throw it on my site, too. Will do. Sounds good. Thank Thanks you. so much for having us on. All right. You guys have a good, safe travel, and uh, too bad you're not that close. I see where I see where you're going. It's like 
eh, that's a little bit of a stretch, or I try to make it out there. Uh, once we're in production, we may come and see oh, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. You too. You too. All right. Hi, this is Reverend Ken Blanchard, and I want to invite you to join us at the Unnamed Church Podcast. It comes out every day, Monday through Friday, a little inspiration, a message to help you in your walk with Christ. It is a part of the BlanchardChapel.us. Come join us, won't you? Active shooter, 911 call. Security emergency. Yes, ma'am. I'm on 2nd Avenue in the school, and the gentleman said, tell them to hold down the police officers are coming, and he said he's going to start shooting, so tell them to back off. Uh-huh. Do not let anybody in the building, including the police. Do not let anybody in the building, including the police.
one is multiple disabled. This is Mr. Ashley Choi. Let me talk to the let her know that I'm gonna go with you. You want me to talk to her? No, you did, babe. It's, it's all gonna be well. The lady's gonna talk to the police. Okay. just heard was a 911 conversation between Antoinette Tuff, Michael Brandon Hill, and the 911 operator. As children across the country go back to school, what happened just this week on the 21st of August in Decatur, Georgia, gives us a real reminder of the threats that are possible. Michael Brandon Hill, mental patient and felon, snuck into a packed elementary school with a familiar AK-47-like rifle probably trying to get death by, by a cop. The hero of the faith, Antoinette Tuff, who works at the front office of the Ronald E. McNair Discovery Learning Academy, became his intercessor and unlikely mediator. Ms. Tuff, who had already gone through her own personal struggles, talks him down, as you heard, so well that he's taken into custody without harming anybody. And she did it with the love and compassion of a mother. It was the most heart-wrenching saga I heard this week myself. The original 911 call was about 13 minutes. You only have about five of it here. But you heard it. 
She told that gunman that she was a mother with a special needs child who had a husband who left her after 30 plus years. And she even thought about suicide herself, but was now holding it down and that job doing better. And she told me she loved him and his life mattered. To me, that's the power of faith in crisis. You never know from one day to the next when the very reason for your being, your gift, and your contribution will be needed. I submit to you that she saved the lives of several children, teachers, police officers, and even herself because of her faith. Now, Brandon Michael Hill faces false imprisonment charges, assault, weapons, and other stuff, but he's still alive. Before the evil spin doctors get on this and try to take your attention away from the power of this woman's faith, her courage, and her love, let's think about it. Let's give God some praise. This isn't about denominations, doctrines, or any of that foolishness that separates us from our true calling, our missions in this life. We are all here purposely. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. I'm sure we'll hear how mentally unstable convicted felon got an AK-47 soon enough. But until all that mess pans out, hug somebody. Be appreciative of life right now and count your blessings. I don't know about you, but I don't think a cop could have done as good a job. I don't think a, a psychological social worker or psychiatrist, whatever you want to call it. This was a black woman's conviction, her faith, her, her love of life, just the power of God itself. Oh, man, this just does something to me. I don't know about you. I heard my grandmother in this. I heard my mother in this. I heard my wife in this. This is this is a black woman right here, man. This is what mm, makes you want to hug a black woman, don't it? Don't you just love black people? Come on, say it. Honestly, we want to teach our children to be honest, good, and contributing members of society, don't we? But as soon as they get old enough to make critical decisions, we lie to them about what to do with their future. Each of us is born with a unique gift to give something to the world. We as parents rarely nurture that. Instead, we promulgate the lie that all they should do is get a good job or something that makes good money. And it's like giving somebody an aspirin for every ailment. That's what my father told me. A good job was defined at whatever got me out of his house and on my own. I took the gist of his message and left home at 17. Now as a father that has actively participated in my child's life from the crater to college, I have a choice. My son asked me something yesterday. You know what I told him? I had to fight the impulse to repeat the crime. I said, do what you love. Get a job to sustain you. Pay your bills, but don't let the job define you. Don't get sucked into working at a job you hate to go to, to be at, and with people you don't like, you just can't stand just to make good money. I was explaining to this to my mother, and she agreed how this thing had been passed on, and everybody just continued to do the same thing. And then trying to live in her last couple of years of her life. Now that she's retired and living on her own, she regrets a lot of the things that she has never seen or tried for herself. We live in a great age right now where you can make money in a niche 
serving other unique people. You can't be all things to all people, and you shouldn't be. Be true to yourself. Don't settle. It's not too late to try again. Don't be satisfied with just existing. Strive. Challenge yourself. Grow. Be consistently learning. You don't even know all that you're capable of being. You don't even know all that you don't know. Don't be afraid to fail. That's what I told my son. A good job is your job, where you are the boss. Good money is money you have earned through your creativity. Right now, I love stories of entrepreneurism in the gun community. Some make guns, ammo, holsters, some hunt, some support, and offer services. I love sharing these stories on my show, Tragedies and Triumphs. And I want to encourage you to live your dreams. Mine right now doesn't make a lot of money right now, but I'm hoping it will. Because I love the people in this community. I love you listening to me. I'm asking you to keep on going. I don't care what you do, whether it's training people, making bracelets, posters, websites, or whatever. Just keep going for it. By being in this space, I now know hunters and tour guides, teachers, preppers, lawyers, doctors, scientists, competitors, clerks, retirees, and everything in between. You know me because of what I do here in this podcast, and it's a beautiful thing. Don't stop believing in yourself. That's what I told my son. If you get stuck, move, advance. doesn't have to be big steps every day. So pick your verb. Go, do, create, make, learn, teach, run, walk, gun, or help. Then you'll be doing what I'm proud of. Don't chase your dreams. Catch them. Then you'll be happier. Then you'll be successful. And tomorrow when I forget all of this, remind me because I'm trying to do my best too. Jerry Rice said, Today I will do what others won't so tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. Well, I think that's a wrap for this week. I want a quick, quick shout out to Tom Morris, to Ed Riley, to you for listening again. Thank you for being a part of my life. Shout out to Pete Gould and Jen Larson. Thank you for being a part of the show to my new friend and brother, Charles Lawler. I'm going to be working with you, man, doing all I can from this side. To E.W. Jackson, who's doing it up in Northern Virginia for Lieutenant Governor, trying to be the LG for VA. Good on you, man. Congrats to Sister Layla for all that's coming and all that is. And you know what that's talking about. Thanks to Sister Pamela and for you and you and you. Well, all right. Like after drinking a tall cup of coffee on a two-hour bike ride, it's time to go. Thanks for riding with your friend and brother from another mother. If you like the show, feel free to tell somebody. The show notes can be found at blackmanwithagun.com. If you have a joke, a news item, or something that would fit, feel free to send it to me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Want to advertise here or become a sponsor? Doesn't take much and I'll treat you real good. I know I can help. Contact me anytime. My phone number is 888-675-0202. Now may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine on all that you do. And until we meet or you hear from me again, may my God hold you in his mighty hands. 
I'm Ken Blanchard, and I appreciate you for making this on the best podcast on the net. Shalom, baby. Well, sister, the time has come for me to ride hard and fast.